Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Hey, my friend. I'm so glad you're here joining me at the kitchen table. We're going to be talking today about the gospel. And before you say, oh, I I know the gospel, Bethany, I know what that is. I want to start by telling you a story about why what we're about to talk about could be the most important conversation you and I have this year. When I was a young mom, we had several, we had multiple kids very fast and it was such a blessing and I was so glad for it. And yet my husband was very busy and I was trying to process so much and not doing it well at all. In fact, I was struggling so greatly in motherhood that there were uh, many days where the thought that kept pressing on my mind is what am I stuck in and is any of this worth it? Now I was committed to it, but there was a part of my mind that was beginning to break away and in essence say, I can't, this is terrible and I'm not doing this well at all. And I would cry out to the Lord about it. And I would resolve when I got up that morning or started that new week that it would be different. I would be spending time in in the Bible. Like I knew my answers were inside of this book. And yet, and yet, I could not make the connections. And I don't know if that is you as you are starting in this new year. If you are starting in a new resolve with a new week. I don't know if you are beginning to say either this is better make sense or it's just, I'm just going to throw it out because nothing is working. And it may be that your kids are little like I was when my, when I was really struggling, I mean, we had four kids under the age of five and it just, it felt like a lot, felt like a lot. And a lot of my kids were very live wire, hard to parent kids. And I knew I wasn't doing it well. And There was just a lot, but you may be in a different season. You may have your kids older. They may be teenagers and it's a struggle. Maybe they were great as little ones. And now you're hitting just the real trenches of warfare with your kids. And you are so discouraged. Perhaps it's not even in your motherhood. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your work environment. And you're like, is this worth it? Is this all that there is? And today we're going to, we're going to look at how the gospel actually changes every part of our life when we understand it and allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. 
Now remember, I knew these truths, but I couldn't make the connections. And so I have prayed for you as you've joined me at the table today, that this would be a place where Jesus would be speaking to you, not me, that you would hear from him the connections that you need to make so that you understand the gospel. And the reason I want you to understand the gospel is number one, because it will change everything about you, everything about your mindset, everything about your life. You will not be caught up in the lies that is this even worth it? You won't. They will not threaten you anymore. But also I want you to be so tightly, securely held by the truths of the gospel because the only way for you to impart God's truth to your child in your home, to your husband, to your friend, to your sister, to whomever, the only way for you to impart it to another is for it to be within you, for it to fully spill out of you. It's, it's, the, it's the only way that we can take this and weave it into our conversations with our child is if it's woven into our heart. And so today we're going to take a snapshot look at the gospel. And then next week, we're going to dig into the gospel and understand our identity. Because those two things are what will shore us up against an enemy who is coming at us with doubt, with confusion, with chaos, and with lies. And we need to know the gospel. So this may feel like review. But I am encouraging you to sit with me, drink your coffee, fold your laundry, wash your dishes, my friend, or drive in the car. I know life is busy and I know life is crazy and you're squeezing this in. But I am praying that this will be a snippet of time where it will be quiet for you and you can hear from him, not from me. So what is the gospel? If you and I are standing on the promise that God is calling us to be warriors in our home, warriors in every area of life that we walk in, what what is the gospel then in that? Well, number one, the first thing we have to understand about the gospel is who is God in it? And we're going to take apart the gospel a little bit differently than a lot of people do or that you've heard. I know you hear creation and the fall and redemption and and and. That's true. And you're going to hear all these facets, but I want you to, I want to introduce it to you through people. And so the first one is God. Who is God in the gospel? From the beginning of time, we see obviously God at work, right? He is the creator of all things. In fact, in Romans 1 verse 20, it says his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. Our God is holy He is righteous and he calls for his people to be holy and righteous, which introduces the second person into the equation, which is mankind. And what we know about mankind is that at the beginning in the garden, there was the great temptation to become like God. And it came from a lie that says, does God really, is he really out for your good? Is he really for you? And so Adam and Eve, we know, ate fruit. 
in essence saying, I don't trust you, God. I want to be my own God. And so at that moment, sin entered this desire to be our own. And in Romans 3, it actually just says this. It says, no one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands and no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together, they've become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And we, we know this. We know that our separation from God is linked to his holiness and our unrighteousness. And we know that there is a desperate need for something to bridge that divide. And that something is a someone who is Jesus. And it says in Romans 5, that Christ died for the ungodly, which is you and me. He died while we were still weak, while we were still in all of our unrighteousness. And we see that over and over again in Scripture, Ephesians and in Romans. It says, Romans 5, 6, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Romans 5, 8, God chose his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.10, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Jesus is our hope. So what then does that mean for you and me? The fourth part of the gospel becomes what then happens for us. And in back in Romans 3, it says this, it says, For there is no distinction. All have sinned, that's us, and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, right? That's Jesus's death that justifies us. And I think for us to understand that the essence of the gospel is that God freely, through his grace, made us right. He changed our unrighteousness to righteousness. He made us right in his sight. Not because of what we've done, not because we've done anything to get to a certain point to allow him to do things, but because while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. So how does this translate into motherhood? Sounds great, but okay, Bethany, I agree with you. But when we misunderstand portions of this very simple gospel, then what begins to happen is it's like moving one degree off of the path. And we slowly, what happens when you move one degree off of anything? Remember back to geometry back in your high school days? When you start with a one degree shift, over time, it becomes a 30, a 60, and a 90 degree shift. And what I want us to understand is we have to cling so tightly to the truths of the gospel because what threatens us are these one degree shifts. The first one that can often threaten us is comparison. When we look around and we see everybody else and we say, I don't compare like they do. I'm not as, and you fill in your blank with whatever you're struggling with right now, whether it's with a child 
with a situation. It doesn't matter what it is. Our human tendency and the lie from the enemy is compare yourself with others and either compare yourself and find yourself lacking or compare yourself and find yourself better than. And we do both. I know I definitely did. When I was struggling back then with four, there were some days where I just knew. And, I, you know, I feel I feel really sorry for all of y'all who are mothering your first batch of kids, if you will, in this day of social media, because I did not. So I didn't know. And I didn't have all the pictures and the visuals and the reels and all the things that told me how all these other women were having these beautiful moments with their children over cookie dough or playing out in the yard. Like I didn't know that was happening, but I would go to Chick-fil-A to the playground and I would believe that all these other moms were having a better day with their kids than I was with mine. See, I was escaping to Chick-fil-A trying to get some like, oh my gosh, let my kids please play because I am doing a terrible job at home and we've got to get out of here. And I would believe that every other mom that I saw out in public was winning when I was losing. But for y'all who all you do is see your life compared to a picture perfect life on social media, I need you to understand God does not compare you to anyone. And he actually says, stop doing that. And the reason you are not compared to anyone else is because you are covered by Jesus. There is no need for comparison because you are covered by perfection. He has clothed you in his garments of righteousness and you are his. So yeah, you may be having a terrible day. You may have lost your temper six times and it's only nine o'clock in the morning and you're like, I'm going to lose my mind. But do you know what? When you come and you approach his throne with confidence, like it invites you to in Hebrews, you are met there, not with accusation, not with condemnation and not with shame. You are met covered with the clothing of righteousness And he says, I will counsel you and I will teach you in the way you are to walk the rest of today. For you are my daughter. We have to know the gospel because we will spend all of our days comparing ourselves. We may win. You know, there's been lots of seasons where I'm like, no, I'm actually way better than all these other moms. I've got this licked if I'm having a good day. And it's still a lie. It's still a lie. But God says, no, you are covered. And then another way that we often misunderstand the gospel and just take it one degree away. And then it becomes like a whole pivot turn is that we say, well, we need to control it. And if we can control it, if we can make all of this work right, then it will all be good. Then it will be normal. It will be calm. It will be peaceful. My kids will be happy. I just need to keep everything under control. And it is a lie from the pit of hell. You, number one, are not expected to be in control. There is a sovereign God and he holds it all together, my friend, through Jesus. Promises us that in Colossians. But he is not expecting your perfection. 
He's not expecting you to be in control and to have everything run smoothly like clockwork and for your home to be just like this and for your children to respond to you just like this. It's it's not inside of his expectations for you. Every mom I disciple and counsel, I have figured out because it's true for me too. We have to learn and relearn and relearn and have voices speak over us and into us every day. God is not asking you for perfection. He is asking you to walk with him surrendered, allowing him to be in control. And when we miss this, when it's this one degree where we say, well, I better control this. I I better, I better clamp down on this fast and not let this get out of control. When we're owning it, we are denying his sovereignty and we are setting ourselves up for disappointment. But the hope of the gospel is he is in control. And then oftentimes after comparison, after desiring control, a third one that can get us way off course and oh my goodness, I've had seasons of this is a coldness begins to set in just an apathy, just, just a withdrawal. Like this is just too hard. Oh my goodness. This is too hard. Just whatever would make everything be okay and smooth and chill. And I'm just not going to get too worked up about anything. And I'm, it's just too much. Or I'm just, I'm just going to give up on that. What, whatever, hopefully that will sort itself out begins to set in. And it may just be in little areas. It may be that, you know, for me, I had one child who really loved to push every boundary you would put out, every boundary. And I felt like all I did was correct and correct and correct. And it would just beat against my head. And in that season when I had four, it was like, is this worth it? I mean, what, what does it matter? It's not like he's going to be getting into huge trouble. He just doesn't really obey, but it's not like he gets in huge trouble and it's like exhausting. I just can't keep doing this every day. Maybe I could just just stop for let's just take a break. But a coldness, a withdrawal, uh, just a little bit of apathy in our motherhood are degrees away from walking in the gospel. They are. Not not because I was supposed to be Johnny on the spot with correction and just keep just keep it up and be strong and be that firm mom. Not that, because again, that's all what? That's me owning it. That goes back to control. That's me owning it. But the invitation from God in that season was, Bethany, you're right. This is hard. And I'm inviting you to pray. I'm inviting you to intercede on your child's behalf. I'm inviting you to walk with me surrendered. I'm inviting you to keep your eyes on me. I've got this. I've got this. I am so for your child, I'm more for your child than you are. You have no idea what I'm about in your child's life. And I'm inviting you to pray with me and join me there. 
And I'm inviting you to say, God, instead of a coldness, give me your compassion. See, that's the, that is the gospel answer for coldness. It's beginning to say, God, give me your compassion because I'm turning cold here. And saying and said, God, show me how you see this child. Let me understand this kid the way you see this kid. Let me understand this situation the way you see this situation. Let me understand my marriage the way you see my marriage. This, per, this is for any setting we're in. The easiest way that the enemy will assault you is just to say, withdraw from it. Give up on it. Forget about it. It's not worth it. It's exhausting. And y'all, in the last few years, I think we're all really close always to exhaustion levels. So we need to be really careful with this one. And we need to get in prayer and say, God, give me compassion, not coldness. God, give me surrender, not control. God, help me understand your covering and not dwell in comparison. This is how the gospel actually begins to flow over your life. You know, in John, Jesus says, I am living water and I will flow out of you with rivers of life. And it's not because you and I can summon up this flow. It's because we begin to connect to the one who is the flow. That's what the gospel promises us. He offers us him. He offers himself. And he says, I see you carrying this load. It says in in Matthew 11, it says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, it is not that God says, stop struggling and just act like you're fine. It's not that God says, I don't know why you're struggling and get over it. He says, I see you struggling. I see you laboring. And I see you being heavy laden. And those are two different words. They actually have different meanings. One is the working that you're doing. And the other is loads that have been just heaped upon you. And he says, I see it. And I'm telling you, come. Come to me. Connect with me. Know me. And I will give you rest. You see, that's what I was missing when I was young with young kids. And I, the Holy Spirit began to say, Bethany, just be with me. Choose me. In those moments where it feels like everything's out of control and you're wanting to clamp down control just to get real tight, stop for just one moment and instead connect with me and say, God, I know you're in control in this moment. You're in control of my emotions. You're in control of my children. You're in control of this situation. God, Number one, I need your wisdom. I want to be surrendered to you. I want to see this situation with your eyes. Bethany, choose me. And the gospel began to be clear to me. It began to be so overwhelmingly apparent to me 
that thank goodness I don't have to bring righteousness to the table or good motherhood to the table. Thank goodness I don't have to know all the right answers or know how to fix this kid or change this or teach this one this trick or any of it. I don't have to know any of it. He knows all of it and he is really intimately engaged in every part of my motherhood with my kids because he's intimately engaged with me and he's intimately engaged with each of my individual children. He's intimately engaged in my marriage. He is intimately engaged in my home. He is calling me unto himself. He is calling you unto himself. And the first step of understanding that the gospel is for you as a woman who is valiant and a warrior in a time of life where it is only getting darker and only getting harder to do this. And there is a blanket falling on us that says, stop caring about it. It's just too hard. What is it? Is it worth it? It's not worth it. This is the worst. Maybe it's fear. I can't do this. Maybe it's failure. Maybe whatever is falling on you. I am just telling you that Jesus says, choose me. Just choose me. And begin to turn your face to me. So for me in those early years, what did that mean? Practically, we talk about this at the kitchen table, but we're like, we got to get into the practical. Like, okay, great theory. But like my kids are up before I can even open my eyes, I hear a baby crying and, and then we go through the day and I'm scared to death about this child and this one, like there's a lot, Bethany, where am I supposed to do this? And so I'm going to speak about a couple of ways that when I had little ones, I did it. When I had my middle kids, I did it. And as my kids have gotten older. So when all of my kids were young, so man, um, we had five under the age of eight. So that was like probably the hardest time because, um, until your child is nine, they basically don't contribute much. And then after the age of nine, you can start asking them to help you around. (laughs) Or that was my belief. Um, I did time with Jesus. I specifically created time for my kids to be in quiet time so that I could have time. And we've talked about this before. And you can find that episode about room time. And I pursued Jesus. As my kids have gotten older, I began to get up really early before they did to start their school day. I got up earlier than that. And that was hard for me because I still had nursing babies. So I was still up in the night and that was really hard. And there were lots of days where I couldn't, or I would get up, I would read for a little bit and honestly go back to bed. So know that I didn't do that well, perfectly or have it licked. And I am not a morning person. And now what I've settled on is the best space for me is when I start my day. My children now are older. My youngest one is seven. And so there is a training that has gone on where I've said, I'm going to be reading my Bible and everything is going to to not happen until I'm done with Jesus. And so I have, in essence, trained my children into that, where they see me reading my Bible early in the morning and they've gotten up 6.30, 7, and they've gotten up but they see me reading and they know that that is what I want to do first before 
we start talking about or doing anything else in the day. But that's because my youngest now is seven. I want to encourage you that the gospel is worth everything because it changes. He changes everything. God created you, not just in his image. He created you to know him intimately and to be known. He knows you intimately and he invites you to know him. And Jesus came to make that way, that connection, that you would be righteous because he covers you. No comparison needed. And you don't have to be in control because he promises he is in perfect control and he is working everything for his glory and for your good. And sometimes that feels hard and it doesn't seem like it makes any sense. And yet I promise you, he will glorify his name in your life. And then finally, when coldness wants to descend and you just want to check out and say, no, I can't do anymore today, I'm done. I want to encourage you to say, Jesus, I choose you and I ask for your compassion because it will radically change you in that moment with your kids. It will. I look forward to this year with you. I'm excited about what God will do, but we have to begin with the gospel as that first space. We have to have Jesus as our mainstay and our anchor. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.